0: Welcome to the Supply Chain Careers Podcast, the only podcast for job seekers, professionals, and students who are focused on career-enhancing conversations and insights across all aspects of the supply chain discipline. This podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group, the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, Visit the Supply Chain Job Board at SupplyChainCareers.com. I'm your podcast co-host, Mike Ogle, And I'm your podcast co-host, Chris Gaffney. In this episode of the Supply Chain Careers podcast, we speak with Dr. Sundaresh Haragoo, chair of the School of Industrial Engineering and Management at Oklahoma State University. Sundares first shares his own supply chain career journey, then provides his thoughts about how students of industrial and systems engineering are being prepared for supply chain careers. He sees a strong role for companies to become involved in advisory boards to influence ever-changing curricula while still giving students solid foundational skills. He emphasizes the need for students and supply chain professionals to be more comfortable with data analytics to make faster and better decisions. He closes with his advice about developing goals, feeding your passion, and striving to be a continuous learner. Sundaresh, we're happy to have you with us today on the Supply Chain Careers Podcast. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Mike and Chris. Happy to be here.
0: How did you get started on your own supply chain career journey? What kind of events or people? tended to influence you the most?
1: Variety of factors, actually.
0: I first became involved in supply chain
1: when I was uh, involved with the Materials Handling Institute in the late 1990s. I also wrote the first edition of my textbook called Facilities Design. The first edition was published in 97, and that had elements of supply chain in it. I'm in the process of writing the fifth edition, which has actually a lot more elements of supply chain in it. Uh, and, and hopefully I'll be able to talk about some of those uh, as it pertains to supply chain careers. But since the 1990s, um, my work as director of the Logistics and Distribution Institute at the University of Louisville, that has exposed me to wider challenges as well as opportunities in supply chain. In all of my teaching and research work in the uh, material handling area, it was fascinating for me to learn about how the material handling technologies, which are such an integral part of the supply chain, yet the average person doesn't quite think about them when they grab a gallon of milk or they buy lumber for projects that they have in their backyard. But as important as these material handling technologies uh, are, they're definitely critical for logistics within the four walls of a warehouse. I think equally important are the issues that must be addressed, not only in producing goods, but also, how you transport them efficiently through the supply chain. So I think a number of factors have influenced me, my involvement with MHI, working with companies like General Electric when I was in Louisville. But over the years, and this has been really exposed quite a bit more during the pandemic, the importance of supply chain. We've been relying on one country or one you know small set of companies for our supply chain, and that then... It just exposes the vulnerabilities. But also, I think the disruptive innovators that we see in our economy, how they've impacted supply chain, the things that are happening in our world, not to mention the war that's going on, the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, clearly all of those are having a significant impact and just rekindles my own interest in contributing to the supply chain world, both in terms of education and research, ultimately leading to careers for a lot of
2: people. So Sundaresh, you and I are are both industrial engineers, and, and I'm fortunate in my relationship with Georgia Tech to have served on the advisory board. So I've watched how the curriculum have changed recently, and in all honesty, is significantly different than the curriculum that I experienced as an undergraduate a long time ago. In your leadership role at Oklahoma State, how are you seeing the curriculum evolve in terms of trying to meet changing needs and expectations of the the folks who hire your graduates?
1: Great question, Chris. We also have an advisory board, like many programs, and they constantly challenge us to look at what is coming down the pike. What does their daily life look like and what changes are they seeing? And as a result, how we need to prepare our students. A few years ago, supply chain was an elective for us, not a required course, but now it's become a required course along with one or two others. We also have developed data analytics minor at the undergraduate level within the college because we are finding out that more and more of our students who actually go and work for these companies, and by the way, they work for a variety of companies and a variety of industries, but all of them have supply chain issues. They're all different at each company in each industry but they all have supply chain issues. And one of the things that they are asking our former students, our alumni to do, is look at the uh, data, the huge volumes of data that they have, mine through that, come up with some good tools that will make informed decisions that will help the bottom line of these companies. So we actually have introduced quite a few data, data analytics courses Within our program, we encourage our students to learn about open-source programming tools, Python, R, our examples, but also learn about the new software that a number of industries seem to be using. So we also developed some certificate programs in supply chain and logistics, concentrations in supply chain and logistics in our master's program, and many of our senior design projects, just about say five, seven years ago, they tended to be more manufacturing line based. There were some in the healthcare sector and service sector, but for the most part, they were dealing with assembly line issues, manufacturing process issues. But now we are finding out that many of these senior design projects of companies that are all over the world, they buy raw materials from all over the world. And so they've got huge logistical and supply chain issues. And so the nature of the senior design project has changed significantly that our students need to be able to understand the cradle to grave of a production of a product. Where do we source the raw materials? How do we uh, process them? How do we warehouse them? And in the end, how do we distribute them to customers who typically wanted the products yesterday. The other thing I'll mention, Chris, is that statistical and analytical, and by that I mean like operations research courses, I think both industry and our students who go into the workforce, they fully understand that they are important in the design and operation of supply chain. Without those tools, all they can do is just look at the
2: data, but not be able to use it effectively to make some intelligent decisions. I I will ask you a follow-up, because I've I've read some of your own publishing in the last couple of years, and you are obviously very focused on the application of industrial engineering theory to practice with some of the things around vaccine approaches and that type of thing. How have you also guided both your faculty and your students on that principle of both the analytics and the application to real world problems being kind of a critical role of both industrial engineers and supply chain professionals in today's world? Great question again. So we've got,
1: of course, an advisory board, but we also have something called the Cowboy Academy of Industrial Engineering and Management, which is a group of highly accomplished alumni of our program. They've been presidents, vice presidents, CEOs, and so on. So they actually have encouraged us to bring more case studies into the classroom. They want our students to have internships, so that way they can look at multiple industries, multiple companies, and decide where they want to focus their careers on. It's a matter of just making faculty and students aware that these are the problems that exist currently in industry today. So in order for our students to be prepared, they need to be exposed to the current problems that industries are facing. And the best way we can do that is certainly through our faculty research. A lot of times research drives practice, but we also want practice, the current practice, to uh, inform our research. So we are working on relevant problems. So I think it's a two-way street, if you will. We need both ends to be looking at each other. And that can happen by getting industry people into the classroom, either through seminars or senior design projects or even industry projects. And likewise, faculty to be current about what is happening in in, out in the field. I'll just give you one quick example. One of our alumni who was VP of logistics. I won't mention the product just to protect the company name but this is a store label manufacturer of commonly used food item. It's a billion dollar business for them, just this a simple product. They do many other things. But one of their problems was how do you optimize the procurement of the raw materials and how do you ship them? There's a lot of uncertainty throughout, right? Uh, uh, grower will say, I'll give you so many bushels, but then Bad weather hits, and then they can only give them 80% of what they promised. Uh, or sometimes they have an abundance. And so they're saying, I can give you more at a reduced price. So a lot of decisions have to be made in real time. So that we built a model with the faculty and student involvement to trace the product from raw material all the way to the finished goods to the customer. And there are a lot of tools in industrial and systems engineering that we can use to solve these critical problems for these companies. But if faculty do not have access to these problems or do not know about these problems and students are not trained in these areas, we can't really impact how the companies are able to utilize the state of the art that exists today in not just our university, but universities across the United States and around the world.
0: Continuing a little bit on that line of thought, you know thinking about some of the graduates that you've had people that are on your advisory board, for instance, but when you look specifically at some of the students that have come out recently, maybe within the last one, two, three, you know four years or so, whether it's undergraduate or graduate, what are you hearing from the students about their transition into industry these days? is there any? Feedback that you've been receiving about things they wish they had learned while they were in school or things they wish they had done differently?
1: We stay in constant touch with our alumni, a lot of social media and direct email contact. Overall, I think our students feel that the training that they have received helps them land a job. They feel that the theory, the concepts, the tools that they learn in the undergraduate program or the graduate program, plus, equally important, the internship and the senior design experiences, they help them not only in landing the first job, but also in navigating through the business processes of the companies that they eventually work for. They also understand that they need to be constantly updating their knowledge base through certification programs, going to grad school, and things like that. One of our students, one of the reasons that we got into the data analytics courses was the student went on an internship. They were asking her to do things with the data analytics tools. And she was not fully equipped. We did not have the courses. Some were electives. They were not required. So her quick feedback to us was, this is what industry is looking for. And then we started introducing courses in data analytics. And now she works for a transportation logistics company. And guess what? They're doing exactly the same thing. They uh, got these data warehouses. They can uh, slice and dice the data any way they want. But in the end how do you make some good, if not optimal, near optimal decisions? For example, in this trucking industry, you got a ton of data coming from your uh, carriers, your transportation suppliers, but also your customers. But in the end, how do you use that to optimize your bidding and award processes, let alone allocating carriers to trucking lanes, having some good data analytics skills, whether it's Descriptive analytics or prescriptive analytics, more so prescriptive analytics, I think that that's important for them. So our, our students and alumni definitely inform us. The other thing I'll mention is that the industry is changing rapidly. The tools and technologies are changing all the time. And more important, the business paradigm is just constantly shifting under our feet. I think we need to train our students to be adaptable and adapting all the time perhaps even foreseeing a a potential change that's coming up, being proactive about it, and then adapting themselves and their organizations for the impending change that's about to occur.
2: It is a crazy world that we're sure dealing with. And obviously, you're talking to your graduates, you're talking to employers, and obviously, you're talking to your own advisory board members, As you look at the things that they're doing and how that's evolving and what they're having to grapple with and and how that informs what you're doing, what kind of things are you hearing from your advisory board members that makes a point to you to say, we've got to respond to this and how we're preparing people?
1: Certainly, our, our advisory board has supported our move to include more supply chain courses offering certificate programs as well as the data analytics minor and uh, data analytics courses. In fact, I will say that one of the impetus for us to offer the data analytics minor here at Oklahoma State is a big gift from Phillips. They deal with a variety of process issues, wanting to train engineers who are data analytics savvy when they leave our campus. They are looking at the same thing that every other industry is looking at, large volumes of data to make decisions that are customized to their customers. we look at the supply chain challenges at each of these companies, how you address them in each is going to be different. So I, I think our advisory board is telling us that they want our students to have a good set of fundamental tools, concepts, and have a good grounding in the fundamental theory as well as models. So no matter what industry that they they go to, no matter what the supply chain challenge is, they can make use of the analytical and theory and models and algorithms and tools and techniques. The one thing that I I feel I was well-equipped in my undergraduate program and my graduate program was a good grounding in the fundamental theory, the analytical skills. I think that has served me well, and our advisory board is also telling us the same thing. We cannot teach them how to work in a specific company or industry, but instead provide them a good foundation so they are able to quickly adapt to whatever industry or even within the same industry. And as I mentioned earlier, if the paradigm shifts, they're able to turn on a dime and be able to support the company, making them more productive, more effective, more efficient.
0: During this short break, we recognize that this podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, visit the Supply Chain Job Board at supplychaincareers.com. As far as the continuing education, what are you seeing and what are you doing for people once they have a position? In industry, and they're wanting to continue either to where they can get certifications or they're getting certificates, they're getting continuing professional education. What kind of emphasis do you have in that area related to supply chain?
1: We have two programs, master's programs that are online. One, of course, in the industrial engineering and management world, and the other in engineering and technology management. And we are finding this sort of flexible online learning allows them to hone up their skills. In fact, it turns out it's good for mid-level managers who are wanting to move to the next level up. They have an undergraduate degree in science or technology field, engineering science or technology. And now they want additional tools that will keep them current, teach them what is going on today in supply chain management. It could also spill into other areas like project management, leadership, and things like that. Because now as they move up the ladder in their companies, they are looking at the bigger picture and need to be able to just get out of that mindset where I'm only trying to optimize my division or my group. I need to optimize things for my entire company. And so the uh, online programs have been uh, very helpful. We also launched quite a few certificate programs because not everyone is able to invest the time for a 32 credit hour program. That's we're talking about 11 courses. So instead, we package it in terms of 12 to 15 credit hours, four to five courses that offer them a certificate, which once they get the certificate, they can always use it to add that uh, same set of courses to their master's program. Leave it at that and, and just move on with their careers. But we find many of them who end up taking the certificate program first will end up completing the master's program because they see the value in it. By the way, just to go back to your earlier question about what our students do in analytics, we parsed our analytics courses to, you know, be descriptive analytics. So the usual statistical tools at a very simple level, histogram and things like that. Uh, but you can get more complicated, complex than that. But then also the prescriptive analytics that tell you what you should do given this data. And then the predictive. This is where we think the future state is going to be. So how do you need to prepare yourself? We have good grounding in descriptive analytics, prescriptive analytics, and predictive analytics. And then we also teach our students data visualization know, data analytics tools, because there are different types of tools that are used in industry. So they get a good sort of depth in each of these areas.
2: As you go through your own experience, how have mentors been important to you? And what's your guidance to your audience about the importance of mentoring folks navigating the path of their career?
1: I'll tell you about my own experience. The way I seek out mentors, I may not necessarily interact with them on a continuous basis, but I follow them. I feel that mentorship should occur naturally and it should be organic. The mentee, I think, should feel internally that they will benefit from mentoring. And then they should seek out people that they naturally gravitate towards. Different people gravitate towards uh, different other people, right? They should find out who it is that they're naturally attracted towards. From outside of the organization or outside of the department, I think that's even better. Both parties should feel that natural chemistry occurring. and It doesn't have to be somebody who is in your direct field that needs to be your mentor. Look at people you admire oftentimes you'd be surprised how people, regardless of their position, they feel that they've benefited from others having impacted their lives. So they want to give back to the society. And so they'd be happy to spend not just an hour or two, but much more than that. I think these things should occur organically, but people should not be shy to seek out others that they admire and to develop a mentoring relationship.
0: And now that you have a supply chain class that is required within your curriculum, what kind of information does somebody get to help them understand the variety of career paths? Because supply chain can be pretty broad.
1: I I teach an intro to engineering class. And uh, what happens with that is that we expose our students to engineering topics, but also some survival skills. We teach them about grit and things like that. So this is the first semester that they are in a college, right? First time they've left home, perhaps, gone to a different city, having to figure out things on their own. So you tell them, get your resume ready. And we typically have career fairs in the third week of September. So you tell them, get your resume ready, get it reviewed by a career counselor within the college, and go to the career fair. Talk to three employers that you feel that you have a connection with, industries that you like, or companies that you like interview them and tell us what you learned, what did you meet, what did you learn from it. We want to plant the seeds early on that students should actually start looking at one, two, three internships because they don't quite know in the first year or sometimes even the third or fourth year what career path they want. Sometimes living in these uh, worlds helps them figure out, yes, I like to be in the oil and gas industry, Or, no, I don't like to be in this retail business. It gives them a good idea of what it is that they really are passionate about. Certainly, industrial and systems engineering, right? It's a degree that can lead to a variety of industries and companies, as I mentioned earlier. Service, manufacturing, government, even humanitarian. Industrial engineers are required, for example, in Red Cross and other organizations because they need to uh, pre-position resources before an event or after an event, they've got to make sure how to get bottled water and food to places that are impacted. So our students go to a wide variety of industries. So it's important for them to do at least two internships in two different industries. I typically encourage my students, although they love an industry second time around go to a different company because the chances for them, the advantage for them is that they'll get to experience and explore Two different industries, two different companies, at least two. I tell them, go do an internship right after the freshman year. Sometimes they say, but I, have, I haven't taken any classes. I tell them there's an internship opportunity for freshmen, for sophomores, for juniors. So explore what the world has to offer.
2: Sundaraj, you've given your students great guidance on what they need to focus on in the classroom and great application in projects, as you refer to your senior design project, as well as these internships for practical experience during their education. But clearly, these industrial engineers have to play a leadership role in industry when they play in the supply chain, because they've got to bring people together cross-functionally in teams. What, What is the leadership that exists in your curriculum, or what do you say to your students about taking on leadership opportunities through their university experience?
1: We have some leadership experiences within the college, but also the university. We also ask them to become a member of a club. We ask them to become a student chapter member and then begin taking leadership roles as a treasurer, secretary. If they start doing this early in their career, obviously by the third or fourth year, they become president of the chapter organization. And very soon they are organizing student conferences. So, for example, uh, a couple of months ago, our students organized a South Central Regional Conference. And that required planning for 120 students who were visiting from other programs in our neighboring states. It was a huge logistical event. We have some scholarship programs that require our students to go on a trip with other students, to one to Washington, D.C., one internationally. And then they can also, at the end of it, they can pursue a, a leadership degree in Cambridge University. Because of the lack of funding, we can do it only for so many students. But for the others, I would say be on the lookout to network. You find that leads to a, a career path or, or something that is important in your career. And that's something that we provide here as well, The leadership seminar series. When we have industry speakers. We ask our students not only to attend the seminar, but then spend some time after the seminar talking, do a shadow program. We can help match them with somebody, one of our alumni, and have them shadow them for a day, a week, sometimes even longer. I think students should feel that they are in a candy shop and avail of every candy that you can get, a leadership opportunity that you can get.
0: We both spent a lot of years in school, resulting in PhDs and a strong focus in industrial engineering. But we both started out with BS degrees in mechanical engineering. I'm curious, how did that mechanical engineer background really help as you found yourself more in industrial engineering?
1: Mechanical engineering taught me to be analytical in my thinking. I love math. But in my fifth year, we were allowed to specialize in one of many disciplines. And I began to notice that I like math and I like working with people. And so I gravitated towards the industrial and systems engineering option. And I only took about four courses, but there were four critical courses, one in operations research at an elementary level, of course, project management, production planning and control, and quality control. That immediately told me that I belong here. I told myself that I really like mechanical engineering, I like business administration, but I love industrial engineering. So I went on to get a PhD there, which allowed me to use some of the basic uh, skills that both of the programs taught me. And apply them in a field that I'm passionate about, which is supply chain management, supply chain design and
2: operation. You've obviously given a lot of advice over the course of your career, but what what is some of the best advice that you have received for supply chain professionals that guides them in their career?
1: My dad would always tell me, work with reason and not excuses. So he would say, set a goal for yourself. Work hard towards it. Never forget what that goal is. And in the end, if you come back and you did not accomplish your goal, you may be able to come up with a thousand excuses, but they would be excuses, right? You couldn't come up with a good reason why you didn't accomplish what you set out to accomplish. So I tend to share that a lot with my uh, students, but I also tell them follow your passion. I mean, this may sound like a cliche. But it cannot be over-emphasized you know. Emphasized enough how important this is, right? Following your passion. Because I think people who do that, they will find that they are in a job, and at the end of the month, they get a paycheck. They enjoy what they are doing, and they're surprised they're getting paid to do what they enjoy, right? So that's one, one big advice I would give students. And then never stop learning. The world is constantly changing. I mentioned about the paradigm shifts that are occurring all the time, the business disruptors, the innovation that's happening all the time. So never stop learning. And then never stop networking. I think networking is very key to success. Opens a lot of doors, opens a lot of avenues. If nothing, it exposes you to different points of view, different ideas, different thoughts. I found out that I like networking. In fact, I get energized when I'm in a large group of people. When I'm with my students, when I go on accreditation visits and I meet new people, I meet new students, that just charges my battery up. Because I'm in the academic field, I always need to be updated with my skills because I'm meeting these new generations of students who are coming in with new uh, expectations, new tools, new technologies.
0: Sundaresh, thank you for a great conversation and your insights about Supply Chain Careers. Thank you, Mike and Chris. I wish everybody well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Supply Chain Careers podcast. Be sure to listen to other episodes and sign up to be notified when future episodes are released as we continue to interview industry-leading supply chain experts this podcast is made possible by SCM Talent Group, the industry-leading supply chain executive search firm. Visit SCM Talent Group at scmtalent.com. To search for or to post supply chain jobs, visit the Supply Chain Job Board at supplychaincareers.com.